Hey friends, this is Caitlin, and I'm so grateful you've decided to join me on The Comeback Couch. So kick off your shoes, put up your feet, and get comfortable with real stories that have shaped real people. You'll hear from doctors, lawyers, mechanics, and moms who shared their experiences of hope, healing, and holding on when it would have been so much easier to give up. Occasionally, you'll hear a story, a teaching, or a quick thought from me. I hope you'll curl up with a cup of coffee and stay a while as we sit on the comeback couch and learn a little more about life and the hope we can find when we look close enough. All right, guys, welcome back to the comeback couch. I have my friend Taylor Holsey here. I met Taylor uh, several years ago. We were trying to figure out how long ago. It's been about seven or eight years um, since we met when I was a news reporter and I did a story on her and her family. Um, Taylor experienced pretty much a mom's worst fear. And she's going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, she is a boy mom. So we both know <laughs> what it's like to have two boys and just to be raising strong-willed men. Um, so I just want to welcome my sweet friend, Taylor, to the Comeback Couch. Hey, Taylor. Hey, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on here. I've been really nervous, but excited. Just be able to talk and maybe help somebody else you know I'm absolutely certain that this is gonna touch somebody else's life and that your I mean your story has already impacted so many lives um but I know it's just gonna continue to do that and God's gonna further his kingdom through it and that's why um, when I was just thinking about this season and I was thinking about who are some just real people I know who have really difficult comeback stories and you immediately popped in my head. You might've been the first person who popped in my head. And I'm so grateful that we've been able to keep up with each other just through social media. That's the good that technology can do. Um, yeah. Because your story was one of the most, if not the most impactful stories I covered when I was a news reporter. Um, so I would love for you to just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your family. Um, and then we can just kind of give everybody the backstory of just the accident that happened with your sweet Hayden. Um, and then we'll just go from there. Okay. Well, um, you already said my name's Taylor and, um, we live in Florence, Alabama and, um, I'm my husband, I'm married and my husband's name is Brant and we have two kids, two boys, um, Hayden and Isaac. Hayden is 15 and Isaac is eight. We're just, I guess, a typical family. Uh, you know, we're just out here living life. Okay, so you and Brent were, if I remember this correctly, were you guys high school sweethearts? We were middle school, middle school, school sweethearts. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Like I, okay. I met him when I was thirteen, Aww. and we were like going out, but you uh -huh. know, um, <laughs> whatever you want to call it at that age. And then we kind of like went our separate ways for a while, but. About two years later, we linked back up. We we um, he moved away for a little bit, and and so I didn't really talk to him. And we found each other, and we've been together ever since. Oh, I love so, that. So yeah, it's more it's 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 a sweet story. Which we got married way too young, way too young. I would no, not how old were you guys? I was seventeen, and he was not. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. you know, part of my story is that my mom, I think we connected on this whenever I met you, but yeah. my mom was 17 when she had me, my dad was 20 and they, they got married very, very young. So, yeah. but Hey, listen, 
if you go look at my parents are living their best life right now because <laughs> they are like young grandparents. So exactly. you, it's okay. That's yeah. what I say all the time. In 10 years, I'll only be 43 and my kids will both be out of school yes. and I can go live the good life, you know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. So when Hayden, your first son was yes. six and a half, um, he had really like the unthinkable happened. And it's that fear that every mom has when she's not with her kids. It's the thing that like therapists tell you like, oh, you have to let go of control and you have to just um, not let the anxiety take over you and be fine with them going with other people. Like you can't be with them 24 seven. And it's all true. You can't be with them 24 seven. But tell us just a little bit about that day and what happened and um, just kind of how life looked during that time. We live in Alabama now, but at the time we were in um, Louisiana. My stepdad's family is from there and my husband was about to start a job on an Oreg. Um, it was summertime. So um, Hayden was out for the summer and um, he. it was summer after his kindergarten year. I mean, we were just living it up. You know, we were like vacationing pretty much. <laughs> At my my mom my mom's friend's house and uh, in Louisiana and uh, my mom was there and this is crazy but she went to the grocery store and there was like Dr Pepper's a six pack and this is super cheap now but a six pack was on sale for a dollar eighty eight okay and so she was gonna go back and get more like just go stock up on them because mm-hmm. it was like the twenty ounce bottles and. Anyway, it's weird that I remember that, but I remember they were a dollar eighty-eight, and they were going to go back and get more. And Hayden just had to go. He wanted to go, you know. She was going to take him to Dollar General um, mm-hmm. and get him a toy or something. And and one thing I remember is we couldn't find his shoes that day, and I was just like, "Well, you can't go if you don't have your shoes." And so we just looked and looked and looked, and finally we found his shoes, and then he left. He went. And, you know, they were gone a while, but my mom is super slow. <laughs> she loves to shop. And, like, mm-hmm. I really didn't think much of it. But once it got dark that evening, I was like, this is weird. They're not back yet. You know, and I started calling her cell phone and she didn't answer. And I, I still wasn't thinking much of it. I was just kind of, we were watching, um like, a true crime show. And I, I just was just going to wait a few more minutes and before I even tried to look for them or anything but and then I just got this call from it was from a Louisiana number so I thought that's weird nobody's gonna call me from a Louisiana number mm-hmm. and so I answered it and it's a paramedic or an EMT or something and he's just like I've got really bad news do you have you know family or somebody with you and he, he even told me to sit down you need to sit down and so um he tells me he starts telling me that they've had this wreck and the only thing I could say was you know is my is my baby alive he was trying to tell me about my mom and just what had happened and I just couldn't even let him finish you know I just want to know was my baby alive and you know he said yes he was and so of course then I thought well you know he's alive so he's okay Mm -hmm. and we free you know my husband literally and I've never seen the man cry until this time but he went berserk he jumped in the car our car and went up the road and he he had a rest because he just got so so and he left me yeah like he he jumped in the when he found out that because it was just a few miles up the road but at this point they were no longer even there they had already been 
flown from the Spain before we even found out. It took them a while to, to find our, you know, contact information and yeah. to let us know and stuff. And so he just thought he was going to go up the road and, and get to where the accident was. And he ended up like wrecking the car, but not like bad or anything. He was able mm-hmm. to drive it back. And then my aunt's husband took us to the hospital. But, um, it, I mean, there's no way to describe the feeling that you have, like, because mm. they, they had flown them to a hospital in Alexandria, Louisiana, and it was like an hour from where we were. So we had that whole drive Gosh. to like, think about it, you know, and I mean, the feeling that comes over you is just indescribable. I think you actually feel like you leave your body and like yes what's happening is not happening to you it's happening to somebody else and I think on the way um there someone called us from the hospital and told us that Hayden had gotten there and everything and he was stable but anyway we get to the hospital and we go in um and this was just like a general hospital it wasn't any um it wasn't a pediatric hospital or anything like that and but it was just the closest one. So that's where they took him and we go in and I go into the emergency room and he was laying there and he looked perfect. You know, he, he didn't even mm-hmm. have any, he wasn't bleeding. He didn't have any cuts. He, he looked like the perfect little boy that I had just seen a couple hours before, you know, and he had been swimming and all that. And, you know, I, I thought he was okay, you know, because I don't know. I didn't know anything yeah. about any kind of medical things at that time. And and you just instantly are just like so thankful because you see him yes. and he's breathing and he was talking and he tells us, me and Nana had a wreck, you know, mm-hmm. and he knew that and um, everything. And, of course, like they came and got him and took him to um, – get like a CT and MRI and all that and when the doctor came in you know I want to say I just hated how he handled it because he was just I think he was um he had never dealt with that kind of thing with a kid because he I mean, immediately was like I don't I don't do kids um he he, he told me he's he's got some breaks in his neck so we knew that much but I didn't even know at the time or even think about at the time that he would have a spinal cord injury or what that meant or what could happen if you if you broke your neck you know I had never known anybody who was paralyzed or anything like that um but they were saying that the one thing that they were worried about was that he's not moving but it could be, you know, spinal shock and, and things like that. But I wanted to get him to a pediatric hospital as soon as possible. And um, so they flew him to New Orleans, um, Children's Hospital in New Orleans. And um, that's where he was for the next month. It was crazy. Like everybody is giving you all these things to sign and everybody's talking to you. But you literally, mm-hmm. it's like you don't even hear a word that they're saying. It's just crazy. And it, it wasn't until the next morning that we actually got in a room with like the neurologist and he told us, you know, your son, he has a spinal, he has a spinal cord injury and he probably will never walk again. He, he definitely will never walk again. He probably won't breathe on his own again or 
ever be able to use the bathroom on his own or anything like that, even eat. Some people can't talk. So that was a, another thing that we were told could happen that he could maybe not talk. And, um, if you know him, that would be the worst thing ever <laughs> because he loves to talk and, um, it, and it's just, it's crazy. It's just like, you don't believe it. And you go into this, this mindset where I, I went, I wanted to actually, like, I felt like God, like I, I said that like, God, I cannot live anymore. I, I felt so guilty for what had happened to him and, and what he was going through. Like, I don't, I knew I had to be strong and I had to face it and I did, but I didn't want to at all. And I even told God, like, I, I can't do this. Like literally just take me now. Mm -hmm. Is there anything worse? (laughs) You know, I mean, other than like Mm -hmm. actually losing your child and, and, and that I can't even imagine, but like, there's absolutely nothing worse. I mean, in my mind at the time, there's nothing worse that could happen. You know, anything else can happen, but this is just, and you just start thinking about all the things that, um, he's missing, he's gonna miss and is missing. And it's just, I don't know. And I don't even know if I answered your question, but I tried. You absolutely (laughs) did. Um, gosh. And one thing that just stuck with me and I know that it, it's something that have probably stuck with you forever but you mentioned that he couldn't find his shoes mm-hmm. and I I know like as a mom that you had to be thinking oh if if we if you just would have stayed if we would have never yeah. found those shoes oh yeah all the and time. it's like you can't you know you and I still have the stupid like shoes I I bet I would have <laughs> I would have kept them too um gosh Taylor I just I remember I remember pulling up to your house. I remember it like it was yesterday. I don't even remember how we got connected um, to do the story, but I- I'm trying to think how old he was at the time that we did it. Had it just happened? I think it was about a year, maybe, maybe not a year later, but I, I know yeah. it was in 2016 and, and, and the wreck was okay. on June 30th, 2015. So I think it was okay. maybe like a little under a year later. I remember it was summer because I was because it was Alabama and I'm like in a dress a reporter dress and I'm like hauling my equipment and I came <laughs> to your house to do it um and I just remember walking into his room and seeing all I mean all the equipment mm-hmm. everything that it takes for him to live yeah. and I remember oh this is gonna make me cry because I have a little boy now I have mm-hmm. two little boys and I just remember I'm so sorry. No, it's I fine. I was already was... worried about myself crying. <laughs> and well, now I'm crying first. Gosh, and I, sh- I shouldn't be the one crying. Um, <laughs> I just remember him being so angry. And you could just tell he knew, like, this is not how I'm supposed to be living. Yeah. Um, And just to see how far, I haven't seen him in a long time, but just to see from pictures how far he has come and that you guys, I mean, you do everything possible to give him a quote unquote normal life. I mean, mm-hmm. from the trips you take and all the things you do. And, um, he looks really, really happy now. Yeah. Um, but I know that it has been, I, I can't imagine the journey that you guys have had from then till now. And what you didn't mention and what I had forgotten that we talked about before we hit record is that 
at the time of this wreck, he was six and a half and you had a six and a half month old baby. Yeah. So forget that like you are now caring for a paralyzed child. You also have practically a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. So wh- there's so many questions I could ask you, but what did, what did life look like? You know, a- okay. After he got out of the hospital and you guys realized like, okay, he really can't walk. Um, and mm-hmm. he is, he's paralyzed from the neck down, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he, so, he has um some feeling like in certain areas of his body, but it's not really, it's like not functional, anything he can do anything yes. with. So we just say, yeah, neck down, he's paralyzed. Yes. And praise God, he can talk. <laughs> oh, um, yes, he does. Yes. And, he, and he, and he does. And he talks, Um, he's so smart. Like, yes, you, you really need to have that. him on here, like for real. I know. Hey, well, that would be amazing. He is so more, so much more like articulate than me. He can, he can, he can, you'll just be like, oh my goodness, this this is, are you sure you're only 15? Because you talk like you're 30, you know, I I mean, he is super intelligent. Yes. Well, he's really come into himself now. And like you said, at the time, he was super angry and that's, so true and um understandably yeah yeah and yeah and all the equipment that you said like you mm -hmm. saw you know he doesn't really have any of that anymore he he um yeah because if we back up to the day that he got out of the hospital it was also my 27th birthday um november 2nd 2015 so um i'm actually i was 26 so i'm 26 Coming mm-hmm. home from the hospital with my little seven-month-old baby and my, or actually he was older than that by then. He was, I think he was like 10 months old by then. And then mm-hmm. um, my seven-year-old. And my seven-year-old was on a ventilator. Mm. He, that's, he had to have that to breathe. He had a feeding tube. You know, he had to be... Um, catheterized and all that and it was just like I mean it's, it's like having a newborn baby that you have to change you have to Times feed 10. you have to yeah yeah you have to get up with all night long I mean this that still is how it is I mean you have to do everything for him but now it's like having a newborn baby when you have all those things and then plus they're smarter he's smarter than you you know like and he talks back and all that stuff yes, yes. so it's like it's crazy you know and Oh, and to to also go back, and I love Hayden's death. Of course, you know that. But my younger son, we were like so bond, like so bonded. When I had mm-hmm. Hayden, I was super young. I was eighteen, mm-hmm. and yes. I had just wished that I had done like all these things different with him. And then when I, I had Isaac, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm doing this, 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 this. It's gonna be like this. And then to have all that taken too. Because I didn't yeah. get to like follow through Spend on the time things with him. that yeah. that that I had planned to do with him, and like we were super close, but so we had never spent a day apart at that time. And then I had to leave him with my dad for like a week after accident, which was really hard for me. And um, but eventually, I had him brought to me at the to the hospital, and he never left me again. And you know, I, the nurses and doctors, they never could believe it because they were just like, how are you doing this yeah. with the baby too? 
And I'm just like, there's no way I could do this without the baby. Like without he's got to be here. Yes. If he's not here, I definitely can't do it because he is what's given me. He is giving me life right now because yeah. when I get, I'm not in that hospital room. I get to love on him and do the things mm-hmm. that I need to do for him. And it just really helps me. And still to this day, I mean, Isaac is like, when I found out I was going to, when I was pregnant with Isaac, I was just like, wow. Cause I only planned on having one kid and yeah. it, you know, they were like six years apart and I was just like, oh, I can't believe I'm going to do this again. I wasn't happy about it, really. But, of course, I was happy once, you know, the pregnancy went on. And when I had him, of course, I was happy. And when we just had, like, a really close bond. And And how has he, growing up, like, how does he respond um, to Hayden? Like, does, does he understand like what's it been like to try to explain to him what's what's wrong with his brother and also how has that affected him and how have you navigated that with like hey buddy we can't do these things because your brother can't go um what's that looked like for Isaac that's that's something that I really me and my husband both really struggle with trying to make it fair for him and, and things mm-hmm. but he of course he he understands his brother because he doesn't really know anything else you know he doesn't remember yeah. bef- a time when Hayden wasn't like that so um and he, you know they have a good bond and yeah. um he, he likes to do things for him and so like he'll feed him things or you know help him with his tv or you know whatever like he um he loves to do that but he does get I guess, um, not like jealous, but just there are times when he can really feel that yeah, Hayden's getting more attention, but he also has learned, I guess, to, um, put himself like, he's not going to let anybody forget him. Yeah, it doesn't matter who comes <laughs> to see Hayden. Like they are going to talk to Isaac. He's going to make sure of it because he's going to be there and, no, he's a good, he's a really good little boy. So what does life look like now for Hayden that he's 15 years old? What grade is he in? Um, He's in eighth grade. Okay. So yeah. What does school look like? What do friends, like what is, what is life like for him? Um, He absolutely loves school and he, um he loves, like he would rather be at school than at home. <laughs> and we actually, I mean, he's actually having a kind of a hard time right now. Um, recently his, his aide passed away suddenly that I that was going to be, um, he was going to be with him until he graduated. So that's been a mm. super huge, like blow for us because yeah, that's I, I know some people might not get it, but, um, no, that's, it was just kind of a setback and then. He is, he's been kind of like uh, not really wanting to go to school now because they've been, he's had substitutes that are with him and he's been just having to deal with that. They don't know him. They don't know him. I mean, and they're all amazing. Like they're, everyone at that school is amazing, but you know, you have, he has to explain things every day and you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's discouraging for him because he was just like really set in his, you know, and he even said like the, the, the Thursday before that happened, um, 
when I picked him up for, for school, they were out of school on Friday. And, um, on Thursday he was like, mom, I've never been happier. Like I never thought I could be this happy. He's like, I'm, I've, I've come into myself so much. He said, I used to be so awkward. I said, no, you are not awkward. He's like, Oh mom, but I was, I was so shy and awkward. And Mr. Tony, um, was here, you know, Mr. Tony is the the man that passed yeah. away and Mr. Tony came and he had a heart attack. I mean, he was in such good health too. I mean, he, this man like would ride his bicycle for like 30 miles and stuff, you know, like super healthy and active mm-hmm. and just a really huge shock to, to everybody. I mean, and I know you're family. thinking it's like, okay, God, this horrible thing happened to my child. And he's finally like, he's 15. He's getting used to everything. Mm -hmm. He literally says he's happier than ever. And then his aide dies. And yes, I know that that's got to be one of those things where you're just like that. I really do think that's when we have to be so rooted in the character of God, which I'm sure you know so well, like because we know he's kind and he's good and he has mm-hmm. our best in mind. We're like, okay, you did not do this. You didn't do um, this. I, that's, I say that all the time. God does not do that. He's not the, the you know, he doesn't orchestrate this chaos and, no. and stuff. It's just. And Taylor, that is so inspirational and encouraging because it would be totally understandable. I'm just going to be real. If you were like, I'm not dealing with God. I cannot mm-hmm. believe he let this happen to my baby. And like, mm-hmm. whatever, and I, he and, might be and, there, but I'm not going to trust him and follow him. I've absolutely never had that thought because I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as it happened and my husband would tell you the same thing. I mean, that man that I would say is my rock. Like mm-hmm. he does not, he doesn't, he doesn't cry. He doesn't get mm-hmm. upset. Like, I mean, he hit his knees, you know, right then, just begging God, like, just as long as my son lives, like, I, you know, I'll do anything, you know, and, and to me, um, I just, I, I just, I, I just drew near to him. Like that was, if, if I didn't feel like I had God, then I don't, I know I wouldn't have been able to, yeah. to go on and like, just get up and face the day you know because sometimes it was just like oh but I never once had any feeling like of anger with God but I have asked him why you know lots of times of course you you wonder why but I and as the years go on I I see um you know reason like I see um things that I'm just like And even, even Hayden will tell you, like, he even says, I would not change, he wouldn't change anything that happened Mm -hmm. because of like at the the place you're at and then how you can, and I'm not going to say I didn't care about other people before because I did, but once something like this happens to you, it's just, I mean, it's completely different. Like you feel everything that, that, that everyone else feels. It's like, yes, you, you have all this empathy for for people. And I don't think you can, and I know people can be empathetic and all of that without going through tragic things. But like, I just don't think you can truly be that unless you have been into a, gotten to a place where you felt like, you know, 
your rock, rock, your rock bottom, or I don't really know how to explain it, but I just don't think that you can, you can be so, um, in tune with like other people's feelings and stuff until you, you feel that, you know, in some sort of way. Just grows that empathy and compassion. Yeah. when it's because you know you know what the mm-hmm. the kindness and support you needed and that yeah. you got in those moments mm-hmm. and you're like let me let me do this for other exactly. people exactly um and just knowing how many lives have been impacted and it's like gosh it really just is it's you know and it's easy to say when something like that happens to someone else like it's easy for me to say well gosh when we look at the big picture we know that so many souls could have not known about Christ had it not been for Hayden's accident. Okay. That's yeah. not something you want to hear when it happens, but I'm sure that's something you've seen. To, and again, because of your strong faith, you've seen that that's the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. there are people I mean, who will be literally every single person that he comes in contact with tells me, tells me that like that they, mm-hmm. um, that, like how much he's touched them. And Yeah. Every, every single person that meets Hayden is just, they tell me that, like, that he's just, like, they're changed, and they're just, like, mm-hmm. so much better for knowing him. And, oh, to, to go back to the aide that died, um, I, I did ask God, I'm like, why? Because he had to have this other aide that had been with him mm-hmm. for a few years, and um, we really loved him, but he graduated um, and got his degree, and now he's a special education teacher at Rogers School. Mm -hmm. And he still gets to see him all the time. And he's a coach and he loves them and everything. But then we got um, the new aide who started this year. And we were like, oh, really nervous. But he was amazing. Like, um, I just can't even describe how amazing he was. But um, and then just like for him to be taken from us, just we only knew him for six or seven weeks. But we were we already loved him like so much. And he Mm -hmm. had like taking so much weight off of my shoulders because I, I bet I really worry about Hayden. Um, you know, and I had been worried all summer cause I knew he would get someone good. I didn't doubt that the school would find somebody that was good. I just, I didn't feel like they would be, he would be as good as the other guy. And then it ended up him being amazing. And I'm just like, why did you give him to us and then take him away? And away. you know what Hayden said? He was like, yeah, but that's better than God, you know, us never meeting Tony or not knowing Tony at all. Like, we got to know him for six weeks, but, you know, that was better than nothing. And I, I'm thankful for it. Oh, and I and I just think, yeah, yeah, I know. He, I he teaches me stuff all, <laughs> every day. Like, oh, he'll just blow you away. But, and I just really thought about that. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, that's just a once in a lifetime kind of man and we met him and I'm grateful for any of the number of days that we got to to have him and we're we're all better yeah he changed your life and Hayden changed his life it's like you Mm -hmm. you just Mm -hmm. yeah and and he told me that yeah and it's like okay God you he was he was done he did his work Mm -hmm. and the last bit of work he did was with Hayden and that's a beautiful Mm -hmm legacy yeah. to leave behind yeah and then um, his wife told me his wife told me she said um 
I know that if he was here, he would say that leaving Hayden was the biggest regret that he had because she said he was in love with Hayden. And that made us feel better too, you know, um, to know that his wife would, would say that it really helped and, you know, but it is what it is. And we, we got to, we took him to new Orleans this past weekend to, um, uh, Tampa Bay game and um yeah I saw your pictures um and beignets oh yes oh yes at Cafe Du Monde yeah uh-huh we had to do that you, you know to, that yeah. yeah we bought we got some of those we couldn't even eat them all because they were just so sweet but um yeah he loved that and it, and the trip really made him feel bad you know I think it helped with all this that's been going on and yeah. he um he was I think he was a little better this week he's been a little better going to school and stuff but I know the originally you were asking about school and he 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 has tons of friends and they all everybody at that school treats him so well and I mean I can't good yeah I can't imagine life without that school I will never leave here ever because of it so what does a typical day look like for you and for Hayden like from from wake up to going to school to coming home, eating dinner and starting all over. Like, and then what is it, what does it look like to take him on a trip and go out of town? So I guess answer, answer both of those questions, however you'd like. Well, our, our day is probably a lot like anybody else. If we get up, um, my husband is always here in the morning. So we're able to get him in the shower. And so that's what we do every morning. We get him in the shower and we, we do all that and he gets up and we get him in his chair and um and he goes I take him to school and um like I said he has an aide that goes with him everywhere to all his classes and but basically just to like write down everything he needs to get wrote down and um Mm -hmm. all that but the trip to going on a trip with him is hard Cause you have to, um, there's just so much you have to think of, you know, he's, he has to have all his medical supply. Oh, and I will tell you a funny story. Um, we, when we went to new Orleans this weekend, and this is just stuff that happens that you don't even think about. He has an electric chair, um, that he drives like with his head, you know, and it's super cool and high tech, but you know, it has a battery and it does have to be charged, unfortunately. And we, we, we walked, we probably walked, I mean, there's no telling how many miles we walked this weekend. And we were like by the river in New Orleans. And my husband was like, Taylor, I think this chair is going dead. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my gosh. And it was blinking. The battery light was blinking. I was like, oh my gosh. So we started trucking it back towards the room and we did not make it. It went dead in like the middle of Canal Street. I don't know if you've been there, yes, but I have. that's pretty much like the super most busiest spot. And yep. so there we were. And it's, I know, I know you're married, so you know. When stuff is super stressful, that oh, you're just like, yeah. rrr, rrr, and yep. it, you know, it's like, yep. <laughs> and it's always the other one's fault. Well, of course, literally our life, we're this, it's like that every day here. And we just have to, um, we are really good at just pretending like none of that happened, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you yes. know, like, because 
Oh my goodness. It just gets so super stressful. But anyway, my husband had to leave us on the side of the road and run back to the room and get the van and come back and get us and load us up. But see, when the thing, the chair dies, it won't push. Like it's, it weighs 400 pounds. I was about to say, just the chair, just the chair, it weighs 400 pounds. And it has like a thing where you can like unlock the gears and it'll like roll freely. But like I said, it's 400 pounds. And then with him in it, that's another 150. So it's super hard to push anyway. And we weren't going to try to do it. And so he had to go back and get the van and, Anyway, we're, we're, we've, we've been, we laughed about it afterwards, but it was not cool in the moment because I didn't even want to stay on the side of the road by myself with the boys, you of know, course. in New Orleans. In the middle of New Orleans, yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, but it was fine. And he, he actually got back fast. <laughs> he said he ran as fast as he could. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy when you go traveling because you have to take so much. And if you forget something, it's it's not good. And it's just, it's super crazy and wild, Caitlin. Like, you just can't even imagine. Um, <laughs> you are a, a superhero to me. And uh-huh. I just would love to know what you would say to someone who maybe is going through something similar um, or is just going through a really difficult time right now, a difficult tragedy that has altered their life. Like, what is one piece of advice you would give them? And I'm well, sorry if everyone can hear both of my children screaming in the background. It's oh, like I don't they just any. decided. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all um, it's when you go through something like this, like that spot or flight instinct kicks in, and you either just are like, "Am I gonna sink? Am I gonna swim? What am I gonna do?" Um, you, I don't know. I know that. Okay, people ask me all the time or they they tell me, I don't know how you do this or I don't know how you do that. And it's just like, I didn't have a choice. I I mean, I did have a choice. I had a choice whether to fight or flight. Mm -hmm. I I have no flight in me. Like, I am going to fight. I'm always going to fight. Like, every day I just wake up and I'm like, I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. If, if, If you can... If you can get in a mindset where you're just like, I'm going to conquer this. I don't care what it is. Like, I'm not. And then, you know, another thing people would tell us, you're not going to be able to do this and you're not going to be able to do that. No, do not listen to any of those things because Mm -hmm. you can do Hayden. He might be paralyzed and he might not be able to do things in the same way that he used to do it. But there is always a way. To yeah. like figure it out and to like make it your own. And when we go on vacation, yeah, we may not get to do all the things that normal families get to do. Right. But we will have fun. And I promise you, yes. and we will make a way and we will make a way for them to be happy and smile and laugh and all that stuff. And, but there are, there are arguments, there are tears, there are, I mean, sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I don't want, I don't want to do it, you know? I just think, gosh, I don't want to do this today. I don't feel like it, but I have to. And so I do it and anybody can, you know, you just have to decide that you're gonna like, you just cannot listen to all the negative things, especially that that's one thing that gets me still to this day. I can't stand for people to tell me that he can't do this or that because I mean, 
who are you to tell me? They can't do that. You know, we're going to figure it out and we're going to make it happen. And if we can't, then we're going to do something else. And, you know. Yeah, that's so good. Um, Okay. So as you, this is the the last question I always ask everyone and we could, I, I have a lot of other questions to ask you. So We'll have to bring you back on and definitely going to have to bring Hayden on. That's a great idea. I would love mm-hmm. to chat with him as a follow-up to this. Um, but as you, you sit here in 2023 and you look back, what, what makes more sense in hindsight, as you look back and you know, how life has turned out, you know, how things have worked out um, with Hayden and with your family and with the accident, what, where do you see God's hand and say, oh, that makes a little more sense now? I, I don't, I'm not good at putting things into words, but I, I see God and his hand in absolutely everything. Like literally from the second, the, from the moment the wreck, the accident happened, God started working in my life. And especially like in my relationships, like especially my relationship with my husband, um, we have gotten so close. We have just gotten really close because of it. And I don't think that, I mean, I know a lot of people go through things like this and then, you know, they end up like their marriage falls apart because it's so yeah, hard. I was just about to say, yeah, I mean, it is, is so hard. And that's like way said, more typical than your story of yeah. going closer together. So that's beautiful. Yeah. But, um, and it, I mean, trust me, there's been so many times where we were both just like, you know, is this worth it, you know, to keep trying to do this because it just gets so stressful and it feels like you're, you're, you get, you know, you're like at each other's throat, not, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, um, it just, it's super stressful. And, and like, even in a normal family life, like just like oh, yeah. it gets stressful, you know, thing, especially when you're getting like kids ready and packing mm-hmm. and going somewhere or anything like that, you know, always there's always, and then, <laughs> yeah. And, um, I just feel like God's hand has been in my relationship with my husband. Um, and I, I mean, I know it and, and also other family members and like my ability to like forgive and like move on and um, just like, you know, um, sometimes you think like all these things have been done to you, all these wrongs have been done to you and you're just like, mm-hmm. you feel like you just need to like get even or you need to do this like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel like that anymore. I just, um, I feel like if it it doesn't matter, then it's not worth your time. You know, it's not worth your, the, the emotion to forgiving and forgetting and moving on is really the best thing that you can do. And, um, I just feel like that maybe some of those things wouldn't have happened, you know, if, if, if this tragedy didn't happen. Right you know. And how I meant to ask you this earlier. So I'll, I'll ask it now, but how has, what, what was your relationship like with your mom when this happened and how, how have you navigated that? Was it, you know, was there a lot of anger? Were you easily able to forgive her? What was her response? 
we have a good relationship and um there was definitely a wedge there and afterwards um of course it was an accident it was no one's fault or anything like that um but um and my husband like he he didn't really want anything to do with her afterwards and so so that was a huge wedge and that's another thing like I wasn't even going to mention that but since you asked it's yeah it it was very hard but um you know and like a, a weird thing happened to him and I can tell you about that another day but just he had like um a come to Jesus moment I guess about it um someone a stranger said something to him um when my my son was in the hospital um in Birmingham after we got back to Alabama but um a stranger said something to him and it like really um hit him you know and he realized then that he needed to forgive her because he's he thought he said that um he knew that he would lose me if he didn't but I did um I was never mad at my mom or anything like that. It was just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but um, we have a good relationship. She's literally the only person that I can count on. Like if I need to go somewhere like overnight or anything to come with him, because she's um, a nurse. So um, yeah, she was a nurse and she is a nurse still. And um, so that was really good. That's a gift. Yeah. Yes. And so you know, honestly, without her, I don't know what I would do, but she's, she's been through it and it really affected her and just, she's still going through it because of it. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, Taylor, thank you so much just for opening up. And I know it's probably not fun to rehash everything that happened. Um, And I know that you mentioned it's taken you guys a long time to be able to talk about it and you were just so generous when I asked, you know, is there anything off limits? Is there anything you don't want me to ask? And you said, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm willing to answer anything. So um, thank you for just for sharing this story and letting people see God's goodness and God's work through it. And um, I'm looking forward to talking to Hayden. We're going to set that up. And I would love, 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 love for him to share his story. Um, Mm -hmm. but you are an absolute rock star of a mom. I'm, I'm so proud of you and so inspired by you and your, if more than anything, your faith is so encouraging. Um, so keep, keep going and keep telling people about Jesus and just keep giving him all the glory because you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on here. I I know I was, I'm I was nervous and I'm not good at this kind of thing still, but I I do I do like to to tell people I love to tell it really because um it actually makes me feel better to to talk about it so um I love this and thank you so much yeah all right well we'll talk to you soon all right bye hey thanks for stopping by and sitting a while on the comeback couch with me you know I'd love to hear from you questions feedback and even requests Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. And hey, don't be shy. Share the show with a friend, post it on your social media and tag me, and send me your comeback stories. You never know when they might make it on the show.